You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, this is Tim Rice. And this is episode 62 of my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud. When you look back on your old stuff, Do you ever feel you'd like to rewrite the old word, or line, or indeed show? That is one of the questions I'm asked most often, both by people in the theatre or music business, and by those in more sensible professions. The short answer is yes, at least I would if other people would let me. The trouble is that once something's become popular and thus been accepted as the definitive version of a song, it's very hard to change it. Impossible in some cases people almost always prefer the original, even if I point out that the rhyme isn't pure or I've thought of a better way of putting it, and quite right too, most of the time. I would object if Paul McCartney suddenly decided he preferred Hey Ron to Hey Jude, which would be a fairly drastic change, I admit. But even if he suggested a minor tweak here and there to any one of his peerless creations, I and many other fans just wouldn't stand for it. All the same, I do sometimes go through my early creations, line by line, usually in the shower, and wonder if certain variations I've thought of since wouldn't have been better. And my favourite show to sing new versions of in the privacy of my bathroom is Joseph. It's tragic that there's no one there with a towel to appreciate my renderings, or rather re-renderings, of words I wrote to Andrew Lloyd Webber's marvellous melodies over half a century ago. Ago, not long after the Bible began, Jacob lived in the land of Canaan, a fine example of a family man. Jacob, Jacob, the 
old songs Depended on farming to earn their keep Spent all of the day in the fields with sheep Reuben was the eldest of the children of Israel With Simeon and Levi the next in line Naphtali and Issachar with Asher and Dan Zebulun Gad took the total to nine Jacob, Jacob and sons Benjamin and Judah which leaves only one Joseph, Jacob's favorite son Jacob, Jacob and sons Gosh, that was the first song of any show written by Andrew and me to be commercially recorded. It was at Decker Studios back in 1968, around the time Hey Jude, not Hey Ron, was at number one around the world. Every time I hear songs from that Joseph album, I'm reminded how woefully inexperienced we were in the recording studio. Technically, my boss, Nori Paramore, was the producer, but while taking huge interest in the project and turning up at crucial moments, to check things hadn't got out of control, he trusted us to get it right. Quite a gamble by Norrie, as it was a whole LP's worth of material which his company was responsible for and funding. Unknown songwriters, virgin producers, and the first ever outing for orchestrations by Andrew Lloyd Webber. The performers were also totally unproven. David Daltrey, The Mixed Bag, the Colic Court School Choir led by Alan Doggett, plus, of course, me as Pharaoh, and a pal who'd introduced us to both David Daltrey and the mixed bag, Martin Wilcox, who was on harpsichord, maracas, and acoustic guitar. The artist on the project with by far the most record-biz experience was Andrew's father, Dr. W.S. Lloyd Webber, the distinguished classical composer and director of the London College of Music. Bill Lloyd Webber played Hammond Organ. We were all fortunate that the engineer in charge of our sessions was Bill Price, ably assisted by Peter Rinston. Bill had been at the controls for hundreds of Decker sessions, with artists such as Tom Jones, the Moody Blues, Engelbert Humperdinck, and John Mayle, whose band included Eric Clapton. And he was to have an even more stellar recording career in later years, working with The Clash, Sex Pistols, Guns N' Roses, Roxy Music, Paul McCartney, and many, many more. Bill was tactful and encouraging, which was what we needed as much as his engineering wizardry, although in some ways engineering wizardry was more important back in those technically simple pre-digital days of four-track tape, working against the clock in batches of three hours on the limited budget. So in great part, thanks to Bill, the final album came out pretty well for us novices. That opening song, Jacob and Sons, was a short, and in retrospect, a rather good intro to the whole piece. It got into the story double-quick, introducing Jacob and his twelve sons. But could my contribution have been better? The brothers are not in the right order. The list begins accurately with, Reuben was the eldest of the children of Israel, with Simeon and Levi the next in line. But then there is a parting of the ways between Genesis and me. I'm rather worried that generations of kids, and indeed their elders, While they may be able to recite the names of what became the Twelve Tribes of Israel, which would prove very useful on University Challenge, they might, thanks to me, 
forever think that Naphtali and Issachar were numbers four and five, when in fact they were six and nine respectively. But my prime consideration, when attempting to squeeze all the brothers into Andrew's jaunty opening melody, was to make sure the number and emphasis of syllables fitted each and every note, and the way it was stressed. Pay attention now. The actual batting order after Reuben, Simeon, and Levi is Judah 4, Dan 5, Naphtali 6, Gad 7, Asher 8, Issachar 9, Zebulun 10, Joseph 11, and Benjamin bringing up the rear at 12. The first four, and Izzy and Zeb, were the six sons of Jacob with Leah. Dan and Nap the sons of Jacob with Bilah, who was Leah's sister Rachel's servant. Gad and Asher were Jacob's sons with Zilpah, Leah's servant and Joseph and Benjamin, his sons with Rachel. I'm not sure how much of that I'd taken in back in 1968, but looking at it now, I'm rather glad I didn't attempt complete historical accuracy. But it would have been possible. Reuben was the eldest of the children of Israel, with Simeon and Levi the next in line, followed up by Judah, then came Naphtali and Gad, Asher number eight, next up Issachar nine, Jacob, Jacob and sons, Zebulun and Joseph, leaving just one, Jacob, Jacob and sons, Benjamin, and that's Israel done. But then I haven't mentioned yet that Joseph was Jacob's favourite. I think I was right first time. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Ironically, the song was lengthened in later years for full-blown theatrical productions. The lines, Jacob was the founder of a whole new nation thanks to the number of children he had. He was also known as Israel, but most of the time his sons and his wives used to call him dad, work well as an extra stanza usually needed when characters are bounding onto the stage at the start of a show. I also added later, Jacob, Jacob and Sons, men of the soil of the sheaf and crook, Jacob, Jacob and Sons, a remarkable family in anyone's book. But I didn't rejig the order of Bross. Now the next song in Joseph is quite frankly a corker. I feel I can say this 54 years on from its creation. But even with Joseph's coat, as I grope for the pear's transparent amber soap in imminent shower mode after a hard day's night with the rhyming dictionary, I find myself thinking about improvements I could make to the original Joseph's second song. Joseph's coat, of course, contains an imperfect rhyme. His astounding clothing took the biscuit, quite the smoothest person in the district. But that one works, even though the true rhyme with biscuit would be disket. I always remember the late Angus McGill the outstanding arts journalist, telling us that that was the couplet that first grabbed him and made him listen with interest to the entire work, which was, of course, only 30 minutes long then. It was clearly the slang phrases in the less serious songs that gave the piece much of its verbal style, albeit the slang was closer to P.G. Woodhouse than whatever the hipsters were using on the streets in 1968. I was bolder with slang as the show progressed. When Jacob's coat was extended, as almost every number was, eventually, it included phrases such as also rans, slay us in the aisles, and missing the boat. I never worried that children wouldn't get all these phrases first time out. They'd soon learn what they meant. We wrote Joseph in late 1967 and early 1968 for just one school, the aforementioned Colic Court, then a boys' school in Hammersmith, London. Alan Doggett, the music teacher at the school, had heard the demo disc of the first musical Andrew and I ever wrote together, The Likes of Us, which at that stage had never been performed, and on the strength of that, asked us to write something for his upcoming end-of-term concert to be performed by boys aged 8 to 11. I remember Andrew and Alan 
had slight doubts at first about too much slang, even querying multicoloured rather than many-coloured, and I too wondered if my lyrical approach would work. But I remembered the songs I sang when I was eight at school, and stirring though the tunes such as Marching Through Georgia and Men of Harlech were, I did not really identify with the situations they described. Cowboys were big. I would rather have sung Davy Crockett or The Man from Laramie, or even Nelly the Elephant. However, the kids themselves loved Joseph more and more each time they were played a new song, and their approval settled it. I began to throw in gags and one-liners wherever possible, always aware that telling the story was the most important thing. Luckily, I was working with a succession of superb new tunes. I'm sure that if we'd been writing Joseph for all ages, for the theatre, we would have been much more inhibited in both creative departments. We owed a lot to those kids' laughter. Here's the original recording of Joseph's Coat, which is perhaps most notable for the string of colours at the end. Joseph, he was Jacob's favourite son of all the family. Joseph was the special one, so Jacob bought his son a coat, a multicoloured coat to wear. Joseph's coat was elegant, the cut was fine, the tasteful stuff was the ultimate in good design. And this is why it caught the eye, a king would stop and stare. And when Joseph tried it on, he knew his sheepskin days were gone. Such a dazzling coat of many colours, how he loved his coat of many colours. Can you name all the 29 colours in the right order? I'm not sure I can, because when we gave Joseph's coat to the Colic Court boys, it only contained five, red and yellow and green and brown and blue. They asked if they could add a few more, and the two dozen they tagged onto the end of the song proved an addition of genius. More than one review complimented me, instead of the choir, on the ingeniousness of the list, which has even been featured in The Simpsons. No praise could be higher than acceptance by The Simpsons, even if it was Flanders who remembered them. 
I occasionally run into members of the Colic Court Choir today. They're all now in their 60s, so I don't always recognise them immediately. Luckily, they seem to recognise me, and I'm always delighted to say hello. I recently had the strange experience of meeting two Joseph Collett Court alumni on the same day, separately, within five minutes of each other, one being Simon Curtis, the theatre and film director, Downton Abbey, My Week with Marilyn, etc. Joseph's coat was sung by David Daltrey, lead singer of a band called The Tales of Justine, who were very much into psychedelia, and with whom Andrew and I recorded several of David's songs. Many can be found, should be found, on an album entitled Petals from a Sunflower, on the Grapefruit label. David was a great talent, and was unlucky not to have achieved more recognition in his lifetime. Had Andrew and I been more established when we worked with him on his material, I feel certain his recordings would have got released and promoted with every chance of success. Sad to say, David is no longer with us, but I'm delighted to say the four members of the mixed bag are. I'm still in touch with them, in particular with Malcolm Parry and Terry Saunders, bass and lead guitar respectively, both fine vocalists, and enjoyed a 50th anniversary dinner with all four not that long ago. John Cook on keyboards and Brown Watson drums completed the quartet from Hertfordshire, which was also David Daughtry's neck of the woods. Terry it was who sang lead on Jacob and Sons, and the band played throughout the piece, augmented at times by David's guitar. I'll have another look back at that first Joseph album, as there are some other lyrical memories and unfulfilled alterations to mention. It was such a short piece when it started out, only 20 minutes long, extended to 30 for the album. Now it runs for well over twice that length, usually with a mega-mix of all the songs as an encore. In effect, punters get the show twice, only the second time the scenes are in a different order. Nobody seems to mind. Like Topsy, it grew and grew. To end, here's a song which was added to the score in one or two early productions of Joseph on the Road. The tune was originally written for the likes of us when it was called You Won't Care About Her Anymore. It doesn't work, although the concept of Joseph having a song in which it dawns on him that his brothers aren't his greatest fans is quite a good one. However, the anachronisms in this number are too far-fetched, and although it's a good melody, with a good gag or two, it didn't add anything to the show, and has been officially, permanently, and rightly abandoned. Except at the end of this edition of Get Onto My Cloud. I can't be certain I'm a 
clothes were sold If they really knew what I was worth They would not give me an atlas every birthday People tell me times of trains Say it's nice out when it rains I don't think I'm Episode 62 of my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud, written and presented by me, Tim Rice, produced by the immortal Peter Hobbs, and dedicated to a new arrival, Gus Lloyd Webber. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.